Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Positively Midwest Podcast. My name is Steve Jurens, and across from me as always is my lovely wife, Catherine. Hello. Everyone, we've hit episode number 80 of Positively Midwest Podcast, and Catherine's come up with this idea of what she would like to talk about for the subject for today's episode. Talk about pressure. And so it's episode number 80, and the name of the episode-ish is... The Positive Effects of 4-H. The Positive Effects of 4-H. <laughs> what is 4-H? Um, so 4-H is kind of like the classroom without walls it emphasizes the practical application or knowledge of learning by doing developing skills lifelong lessons etc a lot of people think of it just as either cows or crafts but there's a lot more to it and i think maybe last year no that wouldn't make any sense like we just started this year i was thinking we had done an episode kind of on this before but we're nearing achievement day season, so it's very top of mind awareness as I was driving home from the farm today. So, so I thought we'd talk about it. Well, there could be a lot of people that are familiar with the 4-H um, in the Midwest. If you're listening from the Midwest to Positively Midwest, if you're not, um, Catherine, you need to explain to the listeners, I feel, um, what 4-H stands for, why it's called 4-H. And what the H's of the fours of the H's of the 4-H are. And then um, go into the great information that you had found. And then share with us some life experience as to, as to why it's so important to you and your family. And to integrating that into your children. Because I have absolutely no idea <laughs> what it feels like to go through that. What it feels like to be a part of an organization or as a child, or as a 4-H leader that you are. And so I can be the um, the uneducated, if you will, in this in this area, and maybe even continue to ask more questions as this, this episode develops. But um, let's pretend like people are very uneducated on 4-H and, and go. Okay, first off, you said Midwest. 4-H is actually nationwide. What I meant was that people in the Midwest <laughs> might be a little more familiar with it. Pure speculation um, on my behalf, um, but I'm glad to hear that it's national. I would like to even think it might be global in some instances. Yeah, you know, like our national 4-H conference or like convention or headquarters, if you will, whatever it's called, is actually in Washington, D.C. So, you know, like when I was a senior 4-H'er, you know, I was about like 19. I won the trip citizenship Washington focus um, which is one of those great things that you, you know, can learn to experience from 4-H. Um, I actually took a bus with 80 kids from South Dakota and we drove to D.C. where National 4-H headquarters is. And there we met up with 4-Hers from numerous states all over the country that were all there for the same purpose as we were. And what exactly is 4-H? What is those four H's of the H's? <laughs> okay, so the four H's stand for your head, heart, hand, and health. Um, so, okay, like the pledge that we say. Give us the pledge, please. <laughs> Thank okay. you. Because it kind of explains it. You know, you pledge your head to clear thinking, 
my heart to greater loyalty, my hands to larger service, and my health to better living for my club, my community, my country, and my world. Because what it is supposed to be teaching these 4-H'ers is to think further than just themselves. Like it's giving them these life lessons that we gain from responsibility, um, from having to do the activities, from having to do record keeping, from having to take care of animals. But it's also teaching them, you know, like their nutrition facts. It's teaching them, you know, like those life skills of cooking, um, as well as, you know, sewing and public presentation and speaking, you know, communication in front of people, interview judging, things like that. So, and then there's a big emphasis on community service and citizenship. And that's where it comes into play that it's supposed to be giving them this wider picture than just themselves. So then, in fact, we have spoken in previous episodes how community and social community, um, it's a very big part to positivity. So interestingly enough, um, I was doing some class online courses, if you will, before you uh, came in, and one of them was talking about how uh, play has significantly, in air quotes, has significantly reduced um, up to 50% in today's children in some areas. And over 30,000 schools have uh, diminished or got gone away with recess. So now you have a problem with children that aren't even getting a break in school or at least an outdoor break. And so a lot of these activities are outdoors. Um you know, uh, some of the activities are cooking and cleaning and making things and whatever, but um, I'm sure you'll talk more on that. So uh, what I found really interesting, though, is that um, this can even correlate to child obesity, which they call an epidemic right now. And we just went through a pandemic, but here you have an epidemic, which is just as dangerous, but we don't have a, a large... Uh, I mean, I know there's programs out there and they're tr seeming to address it, but not near to the extent that they did the, the terrible C word we just went through. So childhood obesity is very dangerous. It also is affecting our, our, uh, our moods, the kids' insecurities, their ability to socialize, and um, video games. And things like that. And it's not condoning it or uh, condemning any of those like video games and so on. Because we've even talked a little bit about the positive effects of a video game. I'm a very sparing video gamer. But it's a moment to get into a little fantasy world and do stuff. You know, it's all whatever. But uh, they suggested for every hour of a video game play that a kid does, they go outside for an hour. And then, like we talk about people, it starts at the top. So if you get off your ass and you take your kid outside and you go for a hike or you take your dog for a walk, you're initiating that action. They don't learn from what we say. They learn from what we do. Our actions speak louder than our words, no matter what we're talking about, really, in any context. So uh, 4-H, to me, as I've grown and matured and seen the excitement in my children and you know, it's not just showing cows and showing sheep and different things like that. So please continue. <laughs> okay. So what was your first question? <laughs> well, I just wanted you, cheers, Creaky, excuse me. Oh my. Uh, what I just wanted to, you to, to elaborate further on is we always have to pretend with our educational sessions that people are unaware of what we're speaking about. 
So you discussed what the four H's of the H's are in 4-H. Um, and now you want to talk about the positive effects of 4-H. So um, when you talk about um, engaging children, community efforts, um, these children learning through social community and getting along together and learning um, how to be cohesive, be a team. Mm-hmm. And uh, it forces the parents to do that as well. Um they can sell fruit, which helps them raise money. There's just just go into detail um, more into your go on a rant like I do and explain <laughs> exactly what you mean about your episode. Okay, so you know, starting at the club level, where there's different clubs all within your county, right? So in Hamlin County, we have oh shoot, I think six or seven clubs. I can't remember. You know, and our club is small, but you know, we get together once a month, once every other month, what it is, you know, um, the kids first off are supposed to be learning, uh, the Roberts rule of order. That's how we conduct meetings. They're learning how to, you know, make motions and vote on things where, so they're getting in a say in what's happening with their club. And then as they get into junior leaders, they're getting a say in what's happening with their county because we're teaching them how their voice can matter. And so a lot of kids actually, you know, take that as the civic duty and that's like citizenship and they really get involved more. So in like state, there's a lot of kids that it sparks their interest in some of those legislature things and other civic duties. Um, as well as then we teach them community service as there are small club levels going into our County. I know my club, you know, our kids get really excited about cleaning road ditches and doing things like that for others. Uh, they love being able to volunteer and getting out there and doing that. And so by giving kids an opportunity to make a difference is, you know, usually huge and beneficial. And then once a year, at least once a year, every child is required to give a, like a public presentation, a communication, a speech, a demonstration, maybe where they're teaching you something, how to make something. You know, the girls are going to be doing their demonstrations here coming up for our county level and then going into hopefully state level in the next week. Erilyn is being able to use her interest in love of dance. And that's what she is going to teach people about is like a form of dance. Erilyn is teaching, Gianna is taking her interest in skateboarding and she's using that as teaching people like maybe the basics of skateboarding because it's all about healthy activity is what it is kind of taking their interest, but it's getting them to gain that confidence of speaking in front of people, which is huge because I mean, that's, you know, every job we have pretty much, right? You have to speak in front of people. So continuing on, um, you know, now we come up, you know, we're coming into our Chima days, which is like, you know, your county fair in a sense is what some places call it. So like I said, the girls will be have giving their demonstrations, illustrated talks or public presentations next week. They'll also be doing special foods. So they have 90 minutes to prepare, um, whether it's like a main dish, you know, as like a meal for the judge, they have to do a proper place setting, writing out their menu card, um, prepare the meal, showing the judge that they know proper measuring skills, um, how to check temperatures if they're cooking meat, you know, teaching them those basic life skills that are so important. And then they have, I mean, they retain so much better than I do, like their nutrition facts. Like we were going over today, the 
six uh, key nutrients and all the vitamins and the minerals and what foods give those to you, what they're doing for your body, which is teaching these kids how, you know, because quite honestly, my niece was sitting there and I was like, okay, vitamin C. And she's like, well, you take the, the vitamin, the chewable vitamin. I'm like, well, that's a supplement. But these things are to teach you how the foods that you are intaking is what is giving you life sustainability. And that's what they're kind of supposed to be learning then is like what they're putting into their body, how it's fueling their body properly, what their body is needing, teaching them that healthy lifestyle as well. Okay. Yeah. Any questions so far? No, I was just going to mention earlier when you were talking about the skateboard situation that um, I wrote down on here, which I'd like to put in the description somehow. But, you know, uh, this was a quite a growing moment for me, and it continues to be as I was pretty disconnected and negative to the situation because I didn't understand it. I didn't practice empathy or compassion or try to um, actively listen, which we talk about a hell of a lot on this show, too. Um, and it's not just for country folk or hee-haws. You know, I'm like a townie, so I'm like a city kid, if you will. I've been around it, you know, enough now with Catherine, but I'm still not, I'm not, I'm a city kid, if you will. So, you know, when I interact with my children or, or I go to these things, cause it's like a kid thing to go to in the beginning, that's what it was just watching these. And then they're like making cookies and I'm like, what the hell? And I don't understand it. And so, um, then I do realize what it does and, and that they get excited for it and how, you know, they've modernized in a sense to me, maybe it's always been this way. I don't know, but 4-H in a sense where they can incorporate these things, you know, and they can show dogs and, you know, and, and uh, there's computer based things like in one of the meetings, they had a video and a slideshow. And I mean, it's just, it's not just a bunch of uh, dip chewing hee-haws, laden cows around and spray paint hairspraying cows. I mean, we'll get to that. Well, that was the most, I'm just being (laughs) open because that's what our stuff is about. And so that's how I looked at it, you know, and, and then the only thing that frustrates me that I now realize more though, um, of how it's because it's so important to you and you're passionate about it is if you take it on and I looked at it as, and you're getting so frustrated and anxious, why would you even do it? Or you're only doing it because your mom was in it for a thousand years. And I didn't, I don't mean she's super old. I'm just being dramatic if you ever listen to this. So, um, <laughs> and that uh, um, you've taken the baton, if you will. And it's like, well, you're just doing that because you think that you should or your mom's making you do that. But obviously I see the joy and the passion that you have for it and continuing it in our children. And if we have grandchildren 20 years from now, plus... <sighs> Let's not go there. But anyways, I'm sure you'll be all up in that grill. Yeah. Okay. Continue. Continue. So that was special foods. So the next thing that they also have next week is fashion review. Now, this is where Gianna does not get into it quite as much as Erilyn on this level, because while uh, you can model an outfit that you've selected at a store and purchased because it's teaching them good consumer decision-making. It's teaching them to, you know, maybe look for bargains. It's teaching them to check seams, making sure that things are lined up, that buttons are properly attached, um, that their outfit matches accordingly, you know, things like that. Like there is a lot that goes into that 
for smart consumer decision making, but a lot of the big portion or the main portion of fashion review is sewing. So Gianna really hates sewing. I think we got her to do it one of her years, maybe a couple of them that we've forced her, but Erilyn actually really enjoys it. So she is in the middle of making some really super cute box shorts and like a tank top to go with. So it's kind of fun to see it, teaching them those life skills of how to be able, while it's actually has gotten so much more expensive than when I was a kid for to buy patterns and fabric and to sew it, you can really buy an outfit for cheaper than what it is. It's teaching her those amazing life skills of how to do it or how to mend something and how to sew on a button, you know, because as we become adults, how many times have you lost a button, honey? Unfortunately, far too many to, to count. <laughs> and thank goodness I have supplies and know-how. <laughs> and on a quick sidebar, because I'm always the whatever, um, it's okay um, within the organization or within the family that Gianna doesn't like to sew because there is another way, which you've explained, mm-hmm. that they can do that project and it's acceptable. Uh, and that's what we've talked about in schooling in the past too, and another reason I would appreciate this organization uh, is that they're, they they have molded to, you know, invite in multiple people. And there are what you would quote unquote call city kids that will borrow or rent animals too, um, to go and show them, if you will. But um, that, you know, uh, we all often, all too often we put people or children or whatever in these boxes and you try to make them, you know, um, this is the way that it's got to be. But it's open and it allows children to uh, be who they are and still learn these necessary future things. So I appreciate that they're open-minded about that. Right. And, you know, our kids, you know, are like I was. You know, I was like super active and that's kind of what I'm trying to teach them. While you don't have to participate in all these things, there is numerous kids that never do special foods, never do fashion review, never do the public presentations except for at their club level. And that is okay. What I'm trying to teach our kids is like to try to get the most out of it. Because as I learned growing up, the more I did and pushed myself to do those, I thought it made me a more rounded individual Plus, it opened the door to winning awards as you get to be older, winning scholarships. Um, I got to go to Washington, D.C. I've gotten to go to Atlanta, Georgia for 4-H conference. You know, I won other cash awards for giving, you know, speeches and public presentations on topics. And so it opens the door for those other opportunities as well. You know, so not every kid is quite as involved in gung-ho as we are that we do a lot of those things you know well and there's like shooting and different Mm -hmm. things our kids like don't do but um archery and stuff like that right and so you know now um when it comes to like the indoor static exhibits is what it's called that's when you know you can do your sewing otherwise entries you know crafts projects some kids do rocket um rocket spaceships or arrows you know um music and there's so many so many topics that they can do besides just crafts and baking and gardening i like photography yes there's usually a big wall at the state fair Mm -hmm. of art and photography yeah that there's like a whole building just for photos that kids take and enter and 
So it's teaching them different rules, you know, like photography, it's teaching them the basics of, you know, rule of thirds, making sure you're not having distractions, something cut off, something going into somebody's head. It's like kind of teaching them those like, you know, basic photography skills, you know, as well, you know, with, with the baking and doing things like that, it's teaching them those life skills of, okay. And then the best thing about it that I find to be one of the most beneficial things about 4-H is when they make these exhibits. Now they bring them in at county level and they sit down and they interview judge. So they have an adult that is going over their project and the kids are to explain how they made it. Uh, Maybe what was the hardest part about doing it, what they like about it, how they would utilize this project or, you know, their learning aspects from it. And the difference that you see in these kids sometimes from year one of interview judging with an adult versus year two is incredible, but every human has to go through interviews in life, right? That's like a basic necessity. You get a job, you go through an interview. So we're starting these kids out young by teaching them that confidence of doing that. And then yes, they get critiqued on it and they get ribbon placings, but that's kind of like the learning curve as well because the judge explains to them like what they should have done differently how they can do something better or maybe that they didn't follow proper rules and so it's learning curves for them but it's that skill of that interview judging is phenomenal to me um okay what else and then you know the worst part that the kids hate is the record keeping where they have to keep track of what they did enter what ribbon placings they got, what goals they had, if they met their goals. And I know every kid hates their 4-H book, but it's still one of those life skills that's beneficial when you're an adult that maybe you'll appreciate. Um, And then, yeah, so now on to like animals, I guess. So Gianna this year is trying something different. She's showing dog. Um, It is not just leading a dog around a ring. She definitely has a lot to memorize as far as like different patterns, different kind of like tricks or so. Um, with your dog, having them make sure that they listen to you, knowing the eight vaccines that your dog should be receiving, proper care of your dog, the body parts of them. Like there's a lot that she is like working on memorizing, but she loves it. So while she doesn't like to sew, she is loving learning all about the dog program and the cat program because she wants to show a cat this year for the first time. So that one is totally outside of my element too. These are things that I did not do as a kid. So I am learning along with her. Um, And so there is, it's a lot of information to retain, but it's really interesting and, you know, good to know as a pet owner. And then, you know, there's lots of different animals that they could show. There's dairy, beef, goats, swine, sheep, poultry, rabbits, horse, um, I think that's about all the species. We show beef. So currently we have five in the barn. One is the nieces. Three are signed up for Erlen to show and one for Gianna. And so to, you know, we've been halter breaking these animals. They're learning how to make them walk, how to make them stand nice to show off um, their best features of beating a breeding animal. Um these cattle are babied. I know some people find it, you know, cruel or something to be showing these cattle, but these cattle are babied. They got their first bath today to get rid of, you know, some of the mud from it being rainy and stuff, you know? And so we scrub them and we comb them and then we give them haircuts and, you know, they're, and they loved it. I can tell you today, these five animals, even some that 
were a little rowdy at the beginning because it's hot and 90 degrees. We're so calm as they stand there, you know, tied up, but not in a shoot or anything, loving getting a bath that we're scrubbing them. So I don't know what else. And so it's teaching them that huge thing of responsibility, taking care of, you know, those animals and whatever species that these kids choose to show. trying to think if there's something else you wanted to know that i wanted to know yeah i don't know i would say what else do the listeners want to know i don't know i don't know okay so i found this one today i was trying to find like what is the current number of 4-hers in 4-h as of like 2021 and i couldn't find it um the website was not wanting to pull up but in the fiscal year of 2007 this says off of youth.gov um there were 6 million 4-H participants, 413,000 adult volunteers, 105,000 youth volunteers, and then um, they're from rural and urban settings. So while at that time, 47,000 of those participants lived on farms or rural areas, um, with populations under 10,000, but 53,000 or 53% of them lived in towns, cities, and suburbs with populations over 10,000 or greater. So that kind of shows it's not just, you know, small pickings here. I mean, 6 million kids in 4-H is a big number. So, and it's been around, I was reading that too. I mean, it's been around for, I'm trying to read through the article quick and find it. I'm missing it. I thought I circled it. How long it's been here. For more than a century, 4-H has made tremendous impacts, it says. So for more than a century, it's definitely, you know, ours in South Dakota is operated and ran by our SDSU, like extension is kind of like who operates and comes out with like criteria rules and things like that to help keep things updated and as well. So things are always moving with the times instead of staying stagnant, stagnant. Well, and so you can go to uh, 4-h.org, and there's a lot of information on there, but you can find your local 4-h uh, through there. Uh, you can also find ways to participate. And then I'd like to tell you about this, which is 4-h around the world. So there is a global network in the 4-h um, oh, yeah. thing. So That would only make sense, and since I guess... We have like foreign exchange students that are just a part of like the 4-H program that they come and stay with families from other countries or some of our kids have gone to other countries. And I think that is through the whole 4-H program. I forgot about that. Yeah. So uh, that would, um, those are a couple of websites that you can check out if you are interested and you would like to try to find a 4-H in your area. Um, But so basically... Uh, the positivity of 4-H is it's uh, teaching life skills and it teaches these children to be cooperative and to um, be individuals and be independent and teamwork. There's because they have to work together to clean out barns and everything like that and work together as clubs. So teamwork. And uh um, a lot of skills and outdoor things that just seem to be 
you know, going by the wayside. So uh, check out 4-H. Uh, if you don't have any interest in that, then check out something that your kids are into. Uh, maybe talk to them. Maybe ask them questions. Maybe get to know your children. And it's not just our responsibility to raise kids and get them out of our house, but to raise human beings, future human beings in society that will in- interact and engage with the rest of the society that we've created and make their own way, make a difference. Wouldn't you like to have your children be fully prepared for many different situations? One of the best things that we can teach our children is resilience and gratitude. And those are two things that I see a lack of in a lot of younger uh, people at times. But there are obviously very compassionate people. There's very empathetic people out there. You see a lot of uh, changes in the world because of that. Uh, But at the same time, you know, uh, I would love to see some more gratitude out of our children and, um, you know, more resiliency. So the way the world is, uh, it's it's cool now. You'll see more um, plus size women, if you will, being on Instagram and things like that. Or there's more posts of these filters, you know, but we were talking last night about um, an app that its sole purpose is to upload photos that are filtered and no judgy pants. It's just, you know, um, I guess in, it could help create a society where it's not a lot of uh, natural, you know, we're not focused on the natural beauty of each other and what we have to offer in this world. So just love yourself and uh, find some gratitude, be resilient, uh, find some happiness practices and uh, 4-H sounds pretty groovy. Yeah. So if you have a local county, you know, fair, achievement days, go check it out. Watch what these kids are doing. You know, they are they are really proud and they do a lot of work to do it. If you go to your state fair, um, you know, that's usually coming up here in the beginning of September. Go check it out. Go walk through those forage exhibits, walk through those barns, watching those kids work with animals, watch these kids, what they've sown or made and done and go. I mean, it's really amazing. So this is like, I always talk about this and dance is what our girls are equivalent to like sports. You know, our kids aren't basketball players, but our kids do dance and our kids do 4-H. And these things are like their state championship in a sense. So there's a lot of kids out there like that, that, you know, love this kind of a thing. And so whichever activity your kid wants to be involved with, make sure that you are finding one that works for your family. It doesn't have to take a lot of time, but it's so, so beneficial for your children. Good. (laughs) I think so. I just rambled and I didn't really look at any of my notes. So I don't think you rambled. I think if you talk from your from your heart, the passion comes through. Yeah. Well, it was something I did for 11 years of my life. And now I'm a leader in how our kids doing it. And I hope they're enjoying it. It's all... I think they are. How do you like, in air quotes, running an episode? <laughs> People got to hear me talk a lot more than normal. Usually I just sit here quietly and nod. Yeah, it's interesting trying to read through those articles and gain perspective and, right? Uh-huh. Interesting. Okay. Good? 
Okay. Did you say thank you for listening to everyone? Thank you, everybody, for your time. I truly appreciate it. <laughs> Good. All right. Here we go. Well, thank you all from the bottom of our hearts for listening to the Positively Midwest podcast. Our hope is to inspire, engage each other's thoughts, and leave you with some great advice. Be sure to join our Facebook group and follow us on Instagram at Positively Midwest Podcast. Make sure you like, comment, share, and screenshot our podcast with all your cool friends. Every little bit helps. We are on most all major platforms, and you can stream it on our website at PositivelyMidwest.com. Also, check out all merch in the online store. All proceeds go to help those find therapy or rehab. Please reach out to us at PositivelyMidwest at gmail.com if you'd like to look into therapy or rehab. Thank you, and as always... Please always stay positive.